There's a book out called uh, God is So Good, What Are Hurts So Bad? by a minister, David Bybell. David uh, had two sons, and uh, one day he found that his son had a rare disease, and uh, uh, the son uh, died from this, and it really, really threw him. Uh, he wrote uh, a lament in his pain. Uh, he says, when I buried Jonathan, I buried something of myself because something had died in there, in my own heart of hearts. And he wrote this, and he entitled it, Lament. Destroy, destroy our little boy. What sad, demented mind unkind would dare God? Rebellion surges from my soul, unwhole, unwell, I wounded whimper. Why? Reply, reply. The silent sky, the barren wasteland answers not my cry alone. Deserted or concealed, I wait, relentless time to heal, reveal. Explain the pain. Well, finally he about works his way through it and suddenly finds that his second son has the same rare disease. He says, um, the pain rose up and rolled over me. I sobbed like a baby beyond comfort or control. If that's the way it's going to be, I cried from the depths of despair. Then God can go to hell. Well, the psalmist describes something like that in this 44th psalm. Uh, starts off uh, reporting God's previous favor toward Israel. Verse 1. And we've heard with our ears, O God, our fathers have told us what work thou didst in their days and times of old, how thou didst drive out the heathen with thy hand and plantest them, planted the people in the land, how thou didst afflict the people who were in the land and cast them out. For they, my, our fathers, got not the land in possession by their own sword, neither did their own arm save them, but thy right hand and thine arm and the light of thy countenance, because thou hadst a favor unto them. He recounts here the possession of Canaan by Joshua and the troops, and then the power of God that this manifested on their behalf. They didn't do it in their own strength. God showed favor to them. And uh, their resolve, the people of his day and himself, uh, their resolve to rely on God similarly to Joshua and those others. Uh, in verse 4, Thou art my king, O God. Command deliverances for Jacob. Through thee we will push down our enemies. Through thy name will we tread them under that rise up against us. For I will not trust in my bow, neither shall my sword save me. But thou hast saved us from our enemies, and hast put them to shame that hated us. God, uh, we've seen you do this. And I'm determined, and we're determined not to trust in our own ability, but to trust in you as our God. 
And you notice the personal relationship there uh, when he says in verse 4, Thou art my king, O God. My king, my God. Again, uh, we're dealing with someone who's in a covenant relationship with God. God is his God. And we say, of course, God entered into a covenant with Abraham and Abraham's descendants and the nation of Israel and so on. How do you enter into a covenant with God today? We talk about the covenant of grace. We talk about the fact that all of us are sinners. And we, uh, our sins are mountainous. And no little sins and no little God to sin against. And uh, our sins are mountainous. But God is a gracious God who loves us and who sent his son to take that mountain of sin upon himself. That's what the cross is all about. As that God the Son, this was the great plan of God before he ever created the world, that God the Son would come into the world in time and take man's guilt and be punished in man's stead. And on that basis, God would offer forgiveness to all mankind, an offer. We have to accept the offer. We have to repent of our sin. And we have to trust in Jesus Christ. And that's how you enter into covenant today. When you believe the claim of Christ to be God the Son, who was dying for your sins, who rose from the dead, and then you trust him as your approach to God. You don't think that your sins aren't mountainous. You think you have a great Savior who paid for them in full. Uh, and you rely on him and you surrender him. A personal commitment to a living person whom you cannot see, but who is very real, and who's controlling things, and who is at the right hand of the Father. Now, that's faith in Jesus Christ. When you do that, you enter into a covenant relationship. You are forgiven. You're adopted into the family of God. He's your heavenly Father. You're his child. Now, the privilege uh, there in verse 4, he says, Command deliverances for Jacob. You're my God. Act now. We've trusted in you. And uh, you have previously done this. And verse 8, In God we boast all the day long. And praise thy name forever. So here's this report of God's previous favor. The resolve to rely on him similarly now. Then look at this. The rejection by God in spite of their faithfulness. In verse 9. But thou hast cast off and put us to shame and goest not forth with our armies. The putting of Israel to shame. Though Israel, though he's Israel's God, and though Israel has trusted in him, been faithful to him, yet he has cast them off and let them be defeated by their enemies. Verse 10, Thou makest us to turn back from the enemy. They which hate us spoil us for themselves. Thou hast given us like sheep appointed for meat, and hast scattered us among the heathen. Thou sellest thy people for naught. And dost not increase thy wealth by their price. Thou makest us a reproach to our neighbors, a scorn and derision, those who are around us. Notice, thou, God, you are doing this. Now, the psalmist would understand these things don't happen by accident. God is sovereign, not a sparrow falls, said Jesus, without your heavenly Father. The hairs of your head are all numbered. Jesus said, I send you out a sheep in the midst of wolves. Don't be afraid. The hairs of your head are all numbered. Nothing can touch you unless I let it. Uh, 
So they understood these things weren't by accident. God was putting them through these experiences. Now, uh, and yet they've been faithful. Verse 17. Jump on down. It says, uh, uh, All this has come upon us, yet have we not forgotten thee. Neither have we dealt falsely in thy covenant. Our heart is not turned back. Neither have our steps declined from thy way. Though thou hast sore broken us in the place of dragons and covered us with the shadow of death. If we've forgotten the name of our God or stretched out our hand to a strange God, shall not God search this out? He knoweth the secrets of the heart. Uh, God, you know that we have been faithful, says the psalmist. Um, and yet their ongoing suffering on his behalf. In verse 22, Yea, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Now, uh, there are many such situations in life. We had uh, C.S. Lewis share with us. Uh, we had uh, Jeff share with us. And we could have any number of you stand up and share of such situations. Um, and uh, then, you know, the psalmist here, he wasn't claiming sinlessness. He wasn't saying, I've never sinned. Uh, but he was claiming a genuine walk with God on behalf of the people here. Uh, and yet, this affliction had come. Um, God makes promises, though, about blessing us when we're faithful. Uh, what happened to these promises? Well, uh, it can be a lot of reasons for suffering on our part. It can be uh, God testing our faith. It's a good thing that your faith is tested. How do you know your faith is real? Suppose you didn't have any problems in this life, and so you thought your faith was genuine. And a lot of people who have false faith, a false peace. And you'd never know if your faith is genuine if you didn't have any hard times. But when, uh, when hard times come, and if your faith caves in, it wasn't genuine. If you dig in, it's genuine. So it tries our faith. It's a rule of the kingdom that faith has to be tested. Praise God for that rule. Another reason can be to develop our faith, to purify our faith, to mature our faith, to produce character. It doesn't, it doesn't happen in any other way. And there are a lot of reasons for such suffering that God puts us through. Uh, and still, in Romans 8, uh, Paul says that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed. Whatever we go through, is no comparison to what awaits us one day with him when Christ comes back or when you go to be with him. One of the most helpful books I've read on suffering, on suffering is... Uh, how Long, O Lord, by D.A. Carson, professor at Trinity Evangelical Divinity School. And uh, he talks about uh, John Wimber, 
Wimber's theology. John Wimber is a, a popular uh, teacher today uh, who uh, has emphasized uh, that the kingdom has come in Christ and power with that kingdom. And uh, so uh, the church ought to be demonstrating that power. Uh, he, calls, uh, he calls for power evangelism, where the world would sit up and take notice because uh, of the healings, the physical healings taking place in our midst, in the midst of his church, if we're appropriating the power that we should. And uh, so healings would be taking place on a broad scale, and uh, the world would take note that what we're saying is true. Now, Wimber admits, says Carson, uh, he says Wimber's quite candid, candid. He estimates that his success rate is about 2%. And he's careful to insist that there's no New Testament warrant for thinking any individual ought to be healed or else, uh, or an individual ought to be healed or charged with inadequate faith. In other words, he's saying... You can't name it and claim it, as, as some popular faith healers would teach. <clears throat> and if you didn't get healed, it was because you didn't have enough faith. He said, no, that's not right. Um, uh, he says, uh, Carson says, I agree with his theology apart from some minor places where I might venture some disavowal. The whole idea of the kingdom having come with power. He said, that's right. But, but, he says, this is a very important but. His framework is still not large enough. He has tried to establish a theology of healing and power encounter without a theology of suffering. He has a theology of victory without an adequate theology of the cross. He has a theology of life without proper reflection on the place of death. He sees the triumph of the kingdom when sickness is overthrown and cannot see the triumph of the kingdom when people are transformed in the midst of sickness. He discusses God's power but rarely wrestles with God's predilection for displaying his power in the context of continuing weakness. See, I would say we just saw a tremendous demonstration of God's power when Jeff Bannon shared with us. A more, a more a visible demonstration of God's power than if God had physically, while he stood right here in this pulpit, healed Jeff Bannon. That's what he's saying here. Uh, he, he says that Wimber encourages triumphant faith, but does not establish a broad enough grid to show that triumphant faith may be exactly what is displayed where there is raw perseverance in the face of incredible suffering. Now, uh, this verse that we just read, for your sake we're counted as sheep for the slaughter. We're killed all the day long. Paul picks up on that verse and quotes it in Romans 8. Look at Romans 8 and verse 36, where Paul says, As it is written, 
For thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Now, we've seen how the psalmist uses it. Let's see how Paul uses it. The psalmist uh, has a remarkable difference between the tone of the psalmist and the tone of Paul. The psalmist can't understand, and he complains that God's heavy hand has been laid on Israel without cause. Paul, though, he rejoices in persecution in a sense, and the fact that through Christ we are more than conquerors. Look at verse. Look at the context of this. Look back up to verse thirty of Romans eight. He says, "Moreover." Whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. And he says uh, that, uh, what shall we say then to these things? If that is true, if God be for us, who can be against us, says Paul? He that spared not his own son... But delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? God is for us. How do you know God is for you? He's brought you to faith. He sent his son. And he, you believe in the son, you are justified. You belong to God. He is for us. And if he gave his son, how can he not freely give us all things that are for our good? And he says... Who is he that condemneth? Or who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. Who is he that condemneth? It's Christ that has died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of God? Uh, shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, you'll go through all those things. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all those things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. He doesn't say in all those things when we start into them they'll fall apart and we won't have to go through them. He says he'll carry us through them. We'll be conquerors as we go through those things and suffer those things. We will not be separated from Jesus Christ. Our faith will be kept strong. And if our faith is kept, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. He says, I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing is able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. You're more than a conqueror if you cannot be separated from Jesus Christ. You're a conqueror, a super conqueror. David Babel, the man whose son died of the rare disease and then the second son, and he cries out, God, go to hell. He says that uh, <clears throat> suddenly... As I drove, having cried that out, I realized God had already gone to hell in the person of Jesus. I knew that he had done so with a purpose, to redeem this sinful world. 
to redeem this sinful man, me. Like a shaft of light into the darkness of my soul, that single insight lit the way toward peace. My words had been the cry of a broken heart, the outburst of a hurting child. God's word to me, as he held me close, might have been, I understand, my son, I've been there already. I felt your pain and carried your sorrows. I know your words arose from grief beyond control, and I love you and always will. Look back at uh, Psalm 44 there for a moment. Uh, and uh, verse 23 of Psalm 44, uh, the psalmist says, Awake, why sleepest thou, O Lord? Arise, cast us not off forever. Uh, we've been faithful, now help. And verse 24, Why hidest thou thy face, and forgettest our affliction and our oppression? For our soul is bowed down to the dust, our belly cleaveth unto the earth. Arise for our help, and redeem us for thy mercy's sake. That's fine to cry out for God to help. But remember that song that Julie Seals sang for us. When you don't understand... Uh, when you can't see his hand, uh, when you can't trace his plan, trust his heart. If Jesus Christ was God, the Son, if God gave his Son to die for me and you, he loves us. And so when you can't trace his plan, trust his heart. We may not know why God is putting us through. We won't know why God is putting us through what he puts us through. But we know why we trust him, and he knows why he's putting us through it. Well, we're not going to understand God's dealings, and uh, we live in a fallen world. It's going to involve suffering. Such suffering is part of developing our character. D.A. Carson says... I look at my children and I wish for them enough opposition to make them strong, enough insults to make them choose Christ, enough hard decisions to make them see that following Jesus brings with it a cost, a cost eminently worth it, but nonetheless a cost. It's only in the context of suffering that Christians can learn what it means to be more than conquerors. It says the phrase comes in a context where Christians are under attack. Now, I title this, this psalm, or I title this sermon, When You're Faithful and God Doesn't Come True. But God does come true. He comes through in the sense of nothing can separate us, in the sense that we are more than conquerors. Through him that loved us. God does come through. Maybe not in the way we thought he should. But he does come through. Are you persuaded of that? Paul was persuaded of that. Paul, are you persuaded of that? Then we're persuaded of that. We're persuaded that we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. 
the soul that on Jesus hath leaned for repose, I will not, I will not desert to its foes. That soul, though all hell should endeavor to shake, I'll never, no, never, no, never forsake. Well, what about you? You're going through some trial, questioning God? Uh, are you leaning on Jesus for repose? <clears throat> Only Christians are more than conquerors. Are you in a covenant relationship with God? And then I want to challenge us. Let's unite our hearts in prayer for Jeff. Let's pray that God will continue to make him a more than a conqueror, but God would use him to glorify himself. Maybe God would heal him. That would be glorifying too. We would unite our hearts for him. Let us pray. As our hearts are bowed, uh, are you going through some trial? Have you been questioning God, not seeing His plan? Then trust His heart, His love. And uh, you've never really. Uh, leaned on Jesus for repose, never entered into covenant relation. Start there. Pray in your heart like this. Lord Jesus, I want to be more than a conqueror through you. Only you can enable me to conquer my enemies, my real enemies. And I trust you as my Savior and surrender to you as my Master. And Lord, all of us right now want to unite our hearts together in prayer for Jeff. We pray that you would demonstrate your love and your power. We thank you for the way you are. Father, we would request, just as the psalmist did, awake thou. Act, Lord, in another way. We would ask that if it be your will, you might heal him and demonstrate your power that way. In Jesus' name, amen.